let's get started today. Um, let me know uh, if this sounds familiar to you. A while back, and when I say a while back, it was probably two and a half, maybe three years ago. Um, God, the God of creation, I, I, he stepped into my life. Now, I've been living for the Lord for a long time, but he stepped into my situation. Anybody had God step into your situation? And he proved to me that he was, listen to me, for me. Like, like no doubt, no doubt. I mean, he made it plainly obvious. It, it seemed like to me the God of creation had stopped whatever he was doing <clears throat> to step right into my life. Like, like he gave me direction on where to go. Um, the things that I was supposed to do, he shared with me, the things that I'm supposed to stop, <clears throat> the shift in life that I needed to make, I felt so humbled. I felt so small, to be honest with you, uh, because I still had doubts. He, he took the time to make things, though, abundantly clear to me. I followed his direction, and while I never felt like I, I had arrived, like, no, okay, I'm there. I, I, I got it. I, I, I felt, com listen to me very closely, I felt completely at peace because he was for me. He was, he was with me, and while things weren't perfect, the peace that he gave me made me feel like things were perfect. Because instead of me trying to take control of everything, and some of you that are here today that work with me on a regular basis know that I have a, a little tendency to do that. Not a lot, <laughs> Shelly. <clears throat> but I was following the one who loves me who knows all things, has all power. And I was allowing him to lead the way. Oh man, I'm going to tell you something. You talk about peace. You don't know peace until you do that. But then <clears throat> some time passes. The situation seems to be under control. <clears throat> And for some reason, I forgot that God himself provided for me. I forgot that the all-knowing stepped into my situation. I forgot that, the, that, that incredible feeling that I had. I, I forgot who I was following. I, I, I forgot the miracle, the divine intervention into my life. And I took over once again. And I started taking control again. How many know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> and I forgot about the peace that I had. That, that, that peace that I, that I couldn't even explain. That, that, it was, that it was beyond or surpassed even my understanding. And now, all of a sudden, I find myself, and this always happens, starting to complain. 
and I'm trying to, to logically figure things out. And I completely forgot how we got here to begin with. How we got here and, and who and where my strength and my direction and my courage and my success and my, and my peace came from. Does this scenario at all ring a bell for any of you here today? So once again, I find myself in this same quandary once again. And I humbly turned to the Lord once again. I, I, I don't, guys, I don't deserve this, what God has done for me. But the Lord literally opened my eyes to my dilemma. He spoke to me just as clear as can be. And so I want to share with you today what God shared with me. And wow, <laughs> how appropriate were all of the songs today. How appropriate uh, with the nearing of Thanksgiving and what we're about to head into uh, to talk a little bit about um, gratefulness and gratitude. <clears throat> in the Gospels, it says that Jesus was informed that his cousin, John the Baptist, had been executed. He had been actually beheaded uh, because, and here's why, he was bold enough to tell the cold, hard truth no matter who he was telling uh, he wasn't the type to back down from the truth, uh, no matter how high or how important or how powerful uh, the person was. He was bold about telling the truth. Um, John threw caution, if you might say, in the wind or to the wind and, and gave, I'm going to say, tough love to people. But when Jesus heard the news about his cousin, he just wanted to get away. That's understandable, isn't it? He just wanted to get away. Uh, so he and his disciples, they get on a boat uh, to, to get away from the crowd. It, it was just to go to the other side of the lake. That's all they, that he was wanting to do. But the crowds saw what was happening. They had come a long way to be with Jesus. And while they hadn't eaten, they still, all of them ran around the lake, around the lake, if you can imagine, to go meet Jesus. And they actually beat him to the other side of the lake. Uh, and this was not a small crowd that was chasing him. Uh, this was probably one of the largest crowds that had ever been following him at this time. Let's start <clears throat> with Mark chapter six. And I want you to notice today how even his disciples go straight from a miracle right into a storm. Mark chapter six, verse 31 through 37, it's a quite a bit of reading, so bear with me, but listen in. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. 32, I'm gonna skip to that. So they left by boat for a, quit, a quiet place where they could be alone. <clears throat> 33, but many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. I'm gonna stop here and just say, aren't you glad that God had compassion on you and your family? So he began teaching them 
many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, hey, this, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, you feed them. And they said, with what? They asked, with what? We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all of these people. And verse 38 says, how much bread do you have? How much bread do you have? Go and find out. Check it out. Let's start with this really cool miracle. <clears throat> when we say a crowd, the Bible says 5,000 men were gathered. But then you have to figure in the women and the children. So it was probably more like 15, maybe 25,000, maybe more people. But Jesus just heads off on a boat with his disciples. But I think it's interesting that the crowds just ran around the lake to meet him. That many people. Can you imagine their desperation for Jesus? I mean, I don't know what was going on in their lives. But can you imagine? They didn't care how long they had been traveling already how tired or how hungry they were. They wanted to hear from Jesus. The disciples hadn't eaten and the crowd was following them, so they probably hadn't eaten yet either. Yet, they were hungry for what Jesus may have to say or what he might do. Can you imagine this crowd? Well, we'll take the word. <laughs> We'll take the word over eating right now. Now, some of you today, I might go to about 1230. I'm teasing. You'll have time to eat today. But these people were so hungry for the word of God that they, they skipped over the eating part so that they could hear the word. What a hunger for the word of God. Listen, with that kind of hunger for Jesus, he will never let you down. I promise you, he will never, God will supply your needs. Jesus said in Matthew 7, seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. And the Bible says, when the disciples told Jesus how weak and how hungry uh, everyone was, um, you should let them go. You should let them go get something to eat, Jesus. Jesus must have thought, they, they don't need to leave me to get food. They, they came for their word. I'll, I'll give them both the word and some food. <clears throat> Jesus asked the disciples, now here it is. What do you have? What do you have? Guys, miracles start with what you have. Listen to me right now. When you, listen very closely, when you recognize, when you recognize what you have, then God can multiply it. 
we want to focus on what we don't have, don't we? We're like, oh, man, wish I had that. You know, we, Crystal and I were driving in Nashville this week, and we accidentally got through the, I'm going to say, the rich part of town. And I'm like, where do all these people work? It's amazing. Uh, we saw, I'm talking 20,000 square foot homes, one right after the other. It was un- unbelievable, actually. We want to focus on what we don't have. Jesus shows us before receiving his provision for your life, no matter what kind of storm you're going through, recognize what you have. Recognize what, because when, when you're grateful for what you have, God will do more. God will do more. Think about this. <clears throat> the scripture does, doesn't say that the crowd was about fifteen or 25,000 strong. It says 5,000 men plus the women and children. Isn't it strange to anybody else that they didn't count the women and the children? I mean, they were trying to feed everybody. And yet it turns out, get this, it turns out It's one that no one counted that God used to carry the miracle on the scene. And my guess is that we should probably give some kudos to mom for making that kid's lunch. Once again, who didn't get counted. They told Jesus, well, we count 5,000 men. So whoever was counting apparently, apparently thought that the women and children didn't count. But look here, God uses someone that other people didn't count, all right? Other people didn't count, that other people said was unimportant. So this little boy who had this, his his lunch, five loaves and two fish, didn't even make it on somebody's list. But the one people didn't count was the one that God counted. Someone today may have already written you off. It may be you. But God says, nope. I count you. I I count you. I count you. God counts people that other people don't think are worthy of even counting. Following along with the scripture today, Jesus shares what some might think is an unnecessary command. When they brought the boys' lunch to Jesus, Jesus said to them, separate, now, okay, 25,000 people or whatever it is, uh, separate everyone into groups of 50. (laughs) Now, this is going to take a while. I mean, just thinking through this just a bit, you've got a minimum of that that 25,000 people Think about how you'd have to, you count out 50 people and then you separate them. Okay, you're, you're over here. And then you go get 50 more and you say, okay, you're, you're over here. And by that time, uh, whoa, 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 stay here. I need you to stay here. And we all know this with the kids, right? No, 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 no. Stay here, uh, uh, and then you come back over here, and what's happening, right? Okay, so that, that, that's going to repeatedly, over and over, probably a minimum of, if those numbers are accurate, 400 times. 
<clears throat> they were already tired. They were already hunger, hungry. And now it's late. Why all of the organization, Jesus? Why now? This doesn't make sense. But I want to tell you, God's miracles aren't driven by logic. They're not driven by our logic, that's for sure. They're not driven by our wants. They're not driven by our feelings. Rushing God, I'm going to tell you right now, helps you in no way. In fact, it probably will just frustrate you. Jesus just asked for some order out of this enormous crowd. Let's get it organized just a little bit, guys. Let's get it organized. Sometimes you need to get your act together, get organized just a bit so that you can receive the size blessing that God really wants to give you. Many times we say, God blesses, God bless me with, with more, and yet we're, we're mismanaging what we have. God doesn't just give you more. God gives you more according to what you can manage or until you manage what you have. If you can't manage what you've got right now, why would God give you more to misuse? On with our scripture today, Jesus took the fish and the bread and, and the Bible says he blessed it. Now check this out. Now he, he's blessing, listen, he's blessing what already isn't enough. He's blessing just five loaves of bread and two fish. That's not even close to being enough. It's not uh, uh, enough, but, but he's, listen to me very closely, it's not enough, but he's giving thanks anyway. Yes. He's giving thanks for what is not enough. When you learn to be grateful, even when you what you have is not enough, God can turn not enough into more than enough. God, I, I thank you for 56 students here at BKA. I want more. I want more, but help us love every child. Help us take care of every child that we have like you love them, Jesus. I'm so grateful for each kiddo and all of the parents that have come. I'm so grateful for that. God says, I can work that. I can work with that and multiply that into even more. I can do that. Crystal used to have migraines just about every day. I've had to take her to the emergency room several times in our marriage. <clears throat> God, instead of migraines every day like usual, thank you. I'm just going to say thank you for just a couple, maybe every other month. Thank you, Jesus. It's not what she hoped for. It's not what she really desires. She really wants complete healing. But when you have, listen to me, when you have gratitude for what you do have and you thank God for the massive relief that he's already provided, even though it's not enough, that's when God's miraculous begins. When you're thankful and you begin to be grateful for it, you'll never see the miraculous or the multiplication as long as you're ungrateful. Is there anyone here today, we've already done it, but is there anyone today that would like to just take one moment to express thanks to God for what you do have? Go ahead. Go ahead, all across this building.
I may not have uh, my complete healing. I, I may not have uh, the job I really want. I may not have the joy that I really uh, want, or, or I may not have the peace that I really want yet, but I, I may not really fully understand right now. But thankful, I'm thankful for my family. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for what I do have. I'm thankful for my children. I'm thankful for the relationships that I do have. I'm thankful for my spouse who, who uh, didn't even know God, right? You know, some of us before uh, they came to the bridge. But now he, he or she's serving Jesus. Now he's trying or she's trying. Now all of a sudden she or he's reading the Bible every day. When you can be grateful for what you've got, that's when the miracle starts. Back to our scripture. Nothing had been multiplied yet. Nothing had increased yet. If you're hurting right now, listen in. It wasn't until Jesus took the bread if you can just picture this in your mind, it wasn't until Jesus took the bread and after he blessed it, listen to me very closely, he broke it. He broke it. And when he broke it, listen, when he broke it and started giving it to the disciples to distribute, as Jesus broke it, we suddenly begin to lose count. That's when the blessing actually occurred, when the breaking occurred. Turns out the blessing is in the breaking. It wasn't until it was broken that it began to multiply. And if you refuse, listen to me very closely. If you, ref if you refuse to be broken, you're refusing your blessing. It's in the breaking of life that produces the blessings of life. If life is a bit broken for you right now, <clears throat> I recommend T.D. Jake's book called Crushing. Really good book. Um, if you're in that stage at this moment. The most blessed people you'll ever meet, listen to me very closely, the most blessed people that you'll ever meet have gone through something that has broken them before they ever got to the blessing. They were broken. The more Jesus broke it, the more it multiplied. In fact, the only way it could be multiplied was to break it again. He, he would break it, and he would break it, and he would break it again, and he would break it, and it would multiply. Every time he broke it, it multiplied in his hands. In his hands. If God allows you to go through breaking, it's not to destroy you. It's to bless you. Every time he put you through a season of brokenness, he wasn't killing you, he was blessing you. Here's a question. <clears throat> Are you grateful for every time he broke you? Oh, I, I want you to think about that one. 
because it depends on how or what that breaking was like. Every time he was breaking you, every time you were rejected in life, every time that you were lonely, every time that you were disappointed, every time that you were looked down upon, every time that, that somebody told you no, every time that your heart was broken. Maybe it goes as far back as is a broken home or a broken family or your broken dreams and your hopes. You may have never been this low, but please remember, the greatest blessings come out of the hardest breakings. If God's allowing you to go through something that you never dreamed would happen, that's a sign. That's a sign that God's working on your behalf. If you feel broken today, the very thing, listen, if you feel broken today, the very thing that you're fighting against is the thing God's trying to use to multiply and bless your life. I don't know what it is today that you're going through. We also learn here, that Jesus doesn't feed the multitude directly, does he? He breaks it, and he gives it to who? His disciples. And he says, you feed them. This is, this is very important. The, the blessing, listen, the blessing only passes through your hands. Okay? But it's not from your hands. I thought that was good. It's not mine, but I thought it was good. <laughs> Some think that the money, the house, the, the, the car, the fancy car, the, the, the food, all those things came from yourself. Oh, my goodness. Many of you have been so blessed that are in this room today. But I want to remind you today that the blessings that you've experienced have come from the hands of Jesus. Be careful not to, to get it mixed up, okay? Don't, don't mix that up. And I want you to give God the glory for it all. Because any blessings that you are sharing in are not your doing. Here's a thought. What do you think? What do you think would have happened if the disciples, <laughs> if the disciples just stopped giving it out? If they stop giving it to the hungry crowd and all of a sudden they're like stuffing it in their pockets and they're shoving it in their face. What do you think would have happened? Do you think Jesus would have just kept multiplying it? No, I don't think so. Some of us do that. We take the blessings from the Lord and we're like, oh, <laughs> that's what we do. Don't miss this point today. Remember the Exodus story? The Bible said that they had nothing to eat except for what God personally provided for them. It was like bread from heaven. Y'all remember that story? <clears throat> Every morning when they got up, there was something called manna that God just prepared for them and gave them. And it was so, listen to me very closely, it was so precise that he gave them just enough to eat for that day. No leftovers, none, not at all. As a matter of fact, if they didn't eat all of the food for that day, they couldn't store it up for the next day. If they did, the Bible said that the next day it'd have worms in it. 
God was teaching them, here's what he was teaching them, to depend on him every day. Depend on him every day of their life. When God provided for the children of Israel, he knew exactly how many people he was providing for. So back to our story now, okay? Back to our story of feeding the 5,000 or the 15 or 25,000 people. He knows, God knows exactly the number of people that was there that day. So if he wanted to, uh, the multiplying could have stopped. I mean, like precisely after that last person had kind of had his fill and he could have stopped it right there. But he purposefully, (laughs) he kept multiplying. He kept blessing so there would be leftovers. How many like leftovers, Devin? (laughs) Jesus could have been exact. Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. That's it, that guy. That's the last one. Now stop. No way. We serve a God whose name means more than enough. El Shaddai, more than enough. I know exactly how many people are here, but when I pour out my blessings, listen to me very closely, you won't have enough room to receive it all. It'll be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You won't have enough room. You don't have enough to store what God wants to give to you. I'm telling you right now, my God is more than enough. He's more than enough. He'll bless you so much, it'll flow over into your children. It'll flow into your children's children. He'll give you so much that that it'll flow to the poor and to the needy. And he'll give you so much that the people that you run into that, that need you, they'll have something now because of you. Just remember, it'll come through your hands, but not from your hand. Finally today, as I wrap up, the Bible said... In Mark chapter 6, and I want you to pay close attention to this. They all ate as much as they wanted. Did you hear that? That's, I don't know, whatever, 20, 25,000 people. They all ate as much as they wanted. That sounds like me. (laughs) Verse 43, though, it says, And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. The Bible says that Jesus so overprovided that the disciples picked up. I don't know why it called that. The disciples picked it up. 12 baskets full of leftovers. It specifically calls out that the disciples picked up the leftovers. And I wonder why. Why didn't everyone help? Everybody, anybody been in that situation? It's clear that there's work to be done here. But the Bible says that the disciples, specifically he called it, when everyone else was right there to help, the disciples picked it up and carried it. Here's my thought as I wrap up. Jesus, listen to me very closely, insisted, moving on, Jesus insisted right after that miracle 
he insisted that his disciples, his disciples get in the boat without him and go to the other side. This is after the miracle's over. He basically ordered them. He gave them divine instructions. Do what I tell you here. They didn't know it. Listen to me very closely. They didn't know it. But Jesus knew that he was sending them straight into the path of a storm. Please give me your attention for just a couple more moments. It's so important to understand. They were following divine instructions when they encountered that storm. And the enemy would like to just tell us, in fact, he does tell us, when we go through a storm, all kinds of lies. This is just what you got coming. God's getting you back for your past. But I hope and pray that you believe the truth of God's word right now. Jesus insisted he didn't give them a choice as my disciples get in the boat. He knew the storm was coming and he put them right in its path. I'm telling you today, as a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're going through a storm, you're in that storm by divine instruction. And God doesn't intend for you to go down. He intends for you to succeed because he's for you. My God is more than enough and he's for you. But the key is, here's the key, be grateful for the storm. Re remember the storm. All of that crowd, listen to me closely, all of that crowd now back on land safe, right? Where we're full and we're stuffed of all of the blessings that you've just provided and their bellies are just, you know, full up and, and, and they're happy. Don't you know that the disciples wanted to stay there? They wanted to stay there and talk with Jesus and the crowd and talk about what he had just done and, and how awesome that is. But Jesus was, listen to me very closely, Jesus was about to show 12 guys what they would never see on the shore. I hope you got that. You're gonna see something in your storm. That, that those in the crowd, full, happy as a lark, resting on land, would never get to see. You're in a storm right now, and, and the only thing that you can think of is why. Why? Why me, God? In fact, you keep asking yourself, why? There's just no understandable reason why. Why, God? And when God allows you to go through a storm, it's not to destroy you. It's to show you, listen to me very closely, it's to show you who he really is. He wants to show you, listen very closely, on another dimension and on a level that you've never been before. You see, when Jesus came walking, when he came walking, 
I mean walking on the water, by the way. I mean walking on the waves. In the middle of the night, they began to see who he really was. Oh, they were crying out in terror. And he said, take courage. I'm here. I'm here. He climbed into their boat and suddenly what happened? The wind stopped. The storm ceased. And once again, the disciples, they're they're just amazed. But listen to me very closely. Jesus was disappointed. He said, yeah, you were in a bad storm. But you didn't even consider what just happened earlier today. I just fed 5,000 plus with just a little boy's lunch. I, I actually had you, I actually had you, my disciples, collect the leftovers. I, I, I had you uh, uh, go down and, and pick them up, and I had you uh, carry the extra baskets of blessing, all so that while you were fighting this storm, you would be reminded, oh man, God is so awesome. You know, God, God is so faithful. It's to remind you that, 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 that God can make a way when there seems to be no way out. I'd like for asking if everyone would stand right now. If you would bow your head and if you would close your eyes for your own sake and for the respect of others. No one's looking around. I'm talking to every one of you here today, still basking in the leftovers from the last blessing that you received. But now all of a sudden you find yourself freaking out because you got the worst news of your life or you just lost your job or you or your spouse are in the worst place that you've ever been and the waves are just crashing over or you're freaking out because um, you're in a terrible financial crisis. And I just pray that you'll listen to God's word today. Listen to me very closely. Your power is not in where you are. Your power is in where you've been. Jesus was disappointed because he didn't want them to forget the miracle they did. They just witnessed of the fish and the loaves. The only reason he gave them leftovers, the only reason was so that they would remember where he brought them from. If you're going to survive the storms of this life, God told me just a week and a half or so go back, listen, you've got to constantly look back and be grateful and be thankful And remember where God brought you from. Everyone under the sound of my voice, if you would each just reach back and get some of those leftovers from the previous blessings. Just remember how God opened a door, uh, doors that you didn't even know existed. 
how God provided for you in, in a way that you, you didn't, had no way out, how God healed you, how God preserved your family from whatever the situation was, how God restored your life when you were at rock bottom. If you would just reach down today, reach into the basket of leftovers and remember where he brought you from right now, right now. Don't you let how you feel and what you see defeat you. He has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And he's saying, reach back and remember. Remember what I've done, what I've done for you. I will never, I will never fail you.